Welcome, Bob and Joyce listeners. Today, Joyce and I take on a really important topic, and that is hiring right, getting a process that literally attracts and ultimately seals the deal with the best talent that's out there. There's probably no greater responsibility on HROD than to make sure that you have a process that hires right. So let's get right to it. Come in, grab a snack, welcome. Hey, Good Joyce. morning. Good morning. Come on in, grab a snack, people. Um, grab a latte, whatever. Um, so Bob, I have sort of a murky area that I've been thinking about. My assumption, I do remember when HR was viewed as legal compliance. Oh, sure. Um, everybody hated to see you coming. Yeah, you, you, it was totally transactional and policy police. Yeah, you, you or, were, or if you weren't doing that, you were come bearing feelings. Hello, I bring the feelings of the organization because you people have none. So I carry the conscience and I carry the feelings and um, I don't have a brain. I'm just a heart. Yeah. Or, no, don't you think it yeah. was like that? Oh, no. I, I used to have uh, uh, leaders or supervisors come into my office and say, well, I know what the operations answer is, but I want to hear the HR answer. Like somehow they were two totally separate, right. opposed uh, viewpoints. So yeah, I right. get it. I and get I remember uh, doing lectures yeah. around in the late, well, in the early 200s about getting the seat at the C-suite table. And we did, we did. And partly we did it because we spoke and knew the uh, business language and cared about it. I mean, we knew the strategy. We had just as much fun focused on business as we did quote on people. Yeah. So we, you and I didn't bifurcate it that much. Um, but we are in another huge shift. Yeah. And first, you know, everything from hiring to there's this tender heart now <laughs> at work. <laughs> and, um, always have so many themes, but let's just play around where um, people are going to go around one-on-one -on -one being kind. Yeah. How's your family? You know, I can see training top executives to have conversations of heart. Sensitivity training. Uh, it is sensitivity training. And what I'm interested in, because I've written the new qualities I think that need to exist and we can talk about those, but it's not, how do you do it person to person, but how do you embed it in a system? Yeah. How does a system show caring through policies, through fair treatment? It's so it's, it's not about interpersonal caring as much as organizational caring. How do you create? Yeah. I don't know. Because remember, we used to be family. We used to say we're families. And yeah. if, there were, if there was a family tragedy, everybody chipped in. Well, that family sense has been eroded through acquisitions and downsizings. Yeah, I think, I think there's... So I'm a little more optimistic. In was terms I of, being pessimistic? <laughs> well, I don't know if you're being pessimistic, but I think 
Uh, I was being sarcastic. If, maybe. If, if I look at, um, I think that uh, practitioners like you and I and others have kind of paved the way. So we're in a place today that most leaders get mm-hmm. the importance of people. Most mm-hmm. leaders get that somehow we have to differentiate our value equation uh, for potential new people. And, and so I think that where, you know, there was kind of a your side, my side, your way, my way, I, I see H, HR being more and more um, really given the opportunity to kind of lead in a way that they certainly couldn't have when you and I were doing it back in the transa- transactional days. Mm-hmm. The, the question is, um, are HR uh, professionals ready to step in boldly into that space? Um, you know, and, and you hit it right on the head in our opening, uh, you know, uh, welcome to Bob and Joyce. It's needed more today than ever. As a business element. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I look at hiring. Um, uh, you know, that's a great example where I think... Um, there's a lot of perspectives around uh, emerging from this pandemic and how hard it is to hire and people don't wanna go back to work. And how do I make a good choice when I have to do it virtually? I think there's uh, more of a negative slant on, on hiring where the way I see it, there is not a better time mm-hmm. to hire really mm-hmm. great people mm-hmm. right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, so what do we do in HR to be able to step into that space uh, to play? And and we could have picked any topic. We could have talked policies, sick leave. Uh, yeah, you know. it's how how HR HR steps into this as with its strategy and value, unshakable leading. Not I don't want to see HROD and others get caught into simply that caring aspect. I don't, I, in other words, I don't want shallow caring. Yeah. I don't want that. You know, I don't want words. Yeah. I, so I, I'm garbled. Um, well, no, I, you know, Joyce, if you look at um, our uh, podcast, a couple uh, episodes ago on burnout, I think the underlying theme is not does burnout exist or how do you mm-hmm. diagnose it or how do you get out of it? Those were all elements. But I think what really came through is HROD uh, bears uh, responsibility to helping organizations be well and be healthy. Mm-hmm. And, and correct that, the system. Yeah. And that involves caring. That involves uh, mitigation efforts to build resilience and reduce stress. Yeah. Um, institutionalizing. I don't like to use the word institutional. But if you were right now CEO of a company and with your HR person, how would you go about hiring when nobody's applying? You know, so first I would uh, say um, this company, so I'm making a a little bit of a a projection in terms of assumptions. We as a company are at a critical turning point. Uh, we have a huge opportunity to, to emerge from this pandemic much stronger, mm-hmm. uh, both with our customers and financially, and it's all dependent on having great people. Right. So how are you going to go get great people? And if I were the CEO, I'd say I'm depending on you to look at where our opportunities are 
and to be able to come back and uh, come back with a recommendation about structures, processes, actual actions we should take in terms of doing what we're not doing now um, in a way that you've got my full support. And I think I would add to that by saying, how are you going to make me, I'm willing to be part of it, this CEO, us attractive? How do we make ourselves an attraction, a magnet for people looking for work? Yeah. And you uh, know what? Yeah. there are so many, um, I mean, if you look at engagement surveys, um, I think uh, the last um, uh, poll that was taken um, uh, on employee satisfaction that only 36% of American workers are mm -hmm. engaged. Mm -hmm. You know, 14% are uh, actively uh, disengaged. <laughs> so you've got a lot of people on their perches. And so you're right. I think, how do you, how do you touch, reach, and attract uh, those people? And I think there's more tools uh, in people's quiver today um, than there were at any time. Well, I think it takes a different kind of advertisement. The advertisement, I remember that I did a future search for what the next generation of workers are going to want. In Sweden, I did it. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> they said everything that people are saying now, the boundary between work and home isn't going to be so tight. Yeah. There's going to be a lot more... Um, engaging work that you work for on something for a while and then you shift to something else. Uh, and I think if, so I think if I would advertise online everywhere saying, this is what we've learned. We've learned that hybrid has to work because the quality of your life, the meaning of your personal life and work both matter equally. How yeah. do we allow that to happen? We are going to do that. Come join us. Um, you want work with purpose. We have a purpose, which let's say in business is giving in the supermarket business, bringing healthy food to the table. How are we going to make that? Does that purpose interest you? Do you care about healthy food getting into the house to families? I'd make it, I'd advertise I want to say soft, but I would say we, this is what we're going to, we are working on this. We want your help. How do we make work and home exist together beautifully? How do we make health at the work and health at home better? Um, you, you're describing, uh, when I said I see a lot of opportunity, we have tools that are available today or ways of thinking that, that we never thought about pre-pandemic. I mean, mm -hmm. sure, we did work at home, but it was like you could work at home one day a month or two days. So I think at point o'clock to be sure that you were at your desk. Yeah. But I think if you look at a lot of the progressive tech companies, um, they fully get it. Uh, they brand uh, in a way that, uh, at least by every comparison I remember, uh, it just is like almost unthinkable. Like, no vacation policy. You can take as much time off as you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't care where the work gets done. We just want to make sure we're going to pay better than most because we expect to hire the best people. I, so, so I think this branding um, is really important. I, I think the most important, uh, so there's the attracting and branding. 
I think one of the ways to get great talent, particularly with LinkedIn today, is you can find out a lot about an individual and their mm -hmm. background, their experience, leveraging LinkedIn. And the one thing that I remember from recruiting is when you reach out to a potential applicant that isn't even thinking about applying for a job and you say, hey, look, we, we learned a little bit about you and we'd love to have a conversation about uh, potentially your interest in coming on board. So yeah. that whole, like, we really like what we see, it's, mm -hmm. even if they're not interested, most people say, you know, what, what do I have to lose? Yeah. So I think that that's kind of a, uh, it's, it's more uh, guerrilla tactics than it is high touch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'd have an army of HR people that when they're working on a job, once they've identified talent through uh, LinkedIn, is they do some high touches flattering them with uh, trying to attract them based on what mm -hmm. we see. As we want skills. you. We want you. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who and I think the whole idea of fit to the kind of, uh, so there isn't desperation, but saying, this is who we are. Is this who you are? Yeah. Let's get together. A God. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> it makes me want to interview although after a day of interviewing, I, I'm done. <laughs> well, what, <laughs> what, what it really shifts is, um, it, it used to be uh, the employer had all the power. Yeah. You know, we, we, we have our rigid process. Uh, we kind of put you through all these filters and then we ultimately mm -hmm. end up hiring the best person. I think you almost turn that upside down. Uh, and literally you start with your value equation, almost like you're promoting or selling. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think many companies have gotten there, but boy, there's an opportunity right now. And I, I keep going back. If you look at McKinsey studies, uh, if you look at Gallup polling, if you believe any of the numbers that they're sharing, the disaffected, uh, turned off population of workers today is, is really like off the charts. Yeah. Um, more are than uh, disaffected uh, or disengaged than not. Uh, that's a huge opportunity. Yeah, I just wrote a little article on that. It was something like, um, you want talent. Does talent want you? Yeah, that's I like that. Yeah, and it's true. So anyway, I um, you've done every kind of interviewing from top executives to outplacement to mass hirings. What's the one thing that holds constant that you would say to people trying to get talent into the company? Yeah. Um, so if there was only one that I can choose, um, it, it is, um, and it goes back to like when uh, the employer had all the power, whether I was doing a mass hire in a drugstore or whether I was hiring for a director level position, I always treated it that I had more to be able to demonstrate why someone should come to work for us as I needed to assess whether their motivation and skills and background. So, you know, regardless, it was always, regardless of the circumstance, I always saw my role as an interviewer to be half promoting and telling what they can expect from working with the, uh, the organization as well as trying to assess. So it was almost kind of like a co-equal mm -hmm. uh, experience. Mm -hmm. 
Dance. And my, my interview style, no surprise, you know me pretty well. I always saw it as a conversation. And the more that I could get people in, into the mode of this is a conversation versus this is a structured interview, people start opening up. Mm-hmm. And that's both good and bad. They share things that your ears burn and then they share things that make them even more attractive. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it, it does. I just um, think people are beginning to just prefer to work for themselves. Yeah. And, and so what's and the value? What's the value of group? And they can most many make more money. Harder, harder work, harder, harder work. Most people can't afford it because it takes at least three years to get anything really going. But that is where the attraction lies today. Well, you, you hit upon something because I think particularly with the millennials and mm-hmm. uh, uh, what is it, Generation Z, I think there's an expectation to have some level of independence, uh, not, not in terms of you know, where they work, yes, yeah, certainly, but in terms of how the work gets done um, and then an appreciation for what they bring to the game, you know, they're seeing. Um, so how do you engage in an interview process uh, that does that? Um, because what I find is people speak to uh, all the attributes and the values of the company and their vision of how they want to be and their culture. Mm-hmm. And then they have a uh, hiring process that doesn't come close to meeting those uh, requirements. Yeah, Meaning exactly. uh, you don't get back to people when they apply. Ah! You, ping, you bring people in for a first round of interviews and you tell them that they should know by a week from this Monday uh, whether they've made it to the next level. I would say as often as not, they don't get back to you. Yeah, me, oh, so. Um, and, and, and if it were your own business, if you were entrepreneurial inside a company, intrapreneuring, which I think is gonna be big, you would never do that. Never. And, and in this environment, there's another opportunity. Good people will not put up with that. I mean, it's bullshit. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, so to me in the interview process, uh, it better true up to the branding and promises that you're making about mm-hmm. what it's going to be like to work here. Because to the extent that there's uh, a disconnect, um, you're, you're, you're just not going to get good people. I feel like I've been a, been a little bit too preachy in this uh, conversation today, but I feel pretty strongly. That no, I, that's why I wanted to focus it on hiring primarily, but we are just in such a huge shift. And the one shift is the companies have to do the attracting and do the work. I I, I really believe that. Um, And scrounge, scrounge for good people. I I used to get good people by bumping them into them in the grocery store. In fact, I just met a lawyer the other day who I said, oh my gosh, you've got the quiet Hannaford, she's great. So you, you have to have everybody have it in their mind all the time. You meet somebody great, try to snag them. Yeah, absolutely. And com- companies are going to be hard put to and, do it, I think. And, and what I've observed, and I'm, it's not like I have an extensive uh, number of uh, touches and experiences with this, most companies don't do this well. 
Right. So HR folks, leaders out there, if you can nail this, you will reap the benefits given uh, really the disruption in the, in the workplace right now. So I think we're about time. Any closing comments that you would make? I get excited about the possibility. Well, let's, let's think about uh, upcoming episodes where we could perhaps take another area of HROD and talk about opportunities uh, that uh, present themselves uh, coming out of this pandemic. How to re-spark the entrepreneurial spirit in a large sluggish company. You've just given us our next uh, uh, theme or topic. So look, Adios. Joyce, I think it's time. Adios. Adios. Hasta la vista. <laughs> Hasta la próxima. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.